You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad. Cody and Jimmy. Welcome to the undercard. That is a new intro. That is good, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to have to replay it again, though, for Cody, because he's on Cody time, <laughs> so he can feel a part of the show. Uh, yeah. But as he said in a private message, he's made it. He, he he's finally he's finally in the intro. Well, it's just about time that Marv's out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marv's been gone for a year. I know. Oh yeah. man! So now, yeah, you're welcome, Cody. You're. <laughs> we like visual. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody will be joining us later. Our uh, lone guest, unless some people contact us, is Joseph Battaglia. He has uh, another MMA event happening in uh, April, and we will definitely uh, talk a little bit about that in a second. But we got to start. We, we we've been gone for so long. Uh, I think yeah. we came back one week from the Arnold. Or did we even come back a week from there? Yeah. Uh, we we came yeah. back that immediately that Tuesday, and then I got super sick, and then you got super sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not right. Yeah. I don't know what <clears throat> I was telling Rochelle. Still don't feel a hundred percent right. Uh, which really really stinks. But right. I didn't want to be away from the show that long. Um, but there's so much to talk about. Uh, the one thing I I did want to uh, start off the show with general topic is um. I have joined officially the evil empire. I have an iPhone now. No. I know. Brad. No. Unless oh, Apple was going to give us lots man. of money. Uh, Sprint gave us lots of money. But uh, if oh, Apple wants to give us tons man. of money. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed in you. I really am. Yep. I love our phones. <sighs> okay. Well, you know, you'll, you'll be the first when the... The, the robot uprising happens. You'll be the, the first in line to become slaves. Mm. Which is weird because Elon Musk um, from Tesla, he, that's, a, that's a big fear of his is that artificial intelligence is going to take uh, over. That's a big fear of a lot no, of people. No, but he's a lot to do with that, with the Tesla and, and, and yeah, computers no, and that. stuff. No, yeah. so like for him to say it, it gives it validity. That, well. Um, there's going to be a, a <clears throat> opportunity. That door doesn't want to stay closed. <laughs> yeah, it's ghost. Um, that gives it validity that it could happen. Uh, I remember listening to a speech by him where he said that uh, the fear would be that the robots would be so much more intelligent than us that that could be a well. That's a exactly how it would happen. Yeah, you know, because the the you know a human being, <clears throat> if we can ever. He, if we can ever make a robot that can compute at the same speed as a human being's brain, then they, but the problem is that they can grow beyond what our brains can grow because they're not, uh, 
you know, there's not things like disease and, 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 um, other things that can affect the brain. So, yeah, I mean, AI they could teach themselves. Well, that, and that's, that's exactly what the problem would be is that AI will realize after a certain period of time that not only are humans useless, but they're actually a detriment. <laughs> they're actually a detriment to the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It's uh, it's a big concern. It really is. And uh, Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. Bill Gates, like all these people when they weigh in about AI, they're like, yeah, that, that shit's scary because it could happen. It can happen real fast. Right. You know? Well, in the wrong uh, – so y- you figure – um, so uh, speaking of Elon Musk, he, he has a, a nonprofit that deals with uh, robotics, in which it's um, it, it, it's it's a nonprofit, so it's not for profit, but it's people with ideas in hopes that 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 doesn't happen. But yeah, if somebody was able to develop it with bad motives, oh, good God! Oh yeah, I mean, you could you know. well even with good motives. Let's say let's say that you program. We'll go all the way back to the beginning. We'll go back to Isaac Asimov's iRobot, all right? The three laws of robotics. The first law of robotics is you cannot harm a human being. The second law of robotics is you can't do anything that uh, – I'm trying to remember the three. So the first one is you can't ever harm a human being. The second one is you can't do anything that will uh, disrupt your programming or something like that, like the third one. But here's the problem. So the computer gets smart enough to realize that in order for it to stop humans from hurting other humans, the only way to do that is by eliminating humans. So even though the motive... That's some Space was, Odyssey stuff for the even though Even though the motive was altruistic and trying you know, for the betterment, the consequences could be disastrous. Right. Uh, the, the, the crazy thing about the iPhone move from my perspective, Rochelle had lots of issues with her phone, but I I was not, not happy with Metro PCS. And actually, um, I had the biggest screen, um, that an Android offers. So it was like a little movie theater. Uh Um, I was compensating for something, so I had to go big (laughs) screen. Uh, but it was really, really nice to have that. So I wasn't like unhappy. And then... Um, the whole idea behind Steve Jobs was, uh, that any, anybody could use any Apple products. To tell you the truth, I've struggled this last week relearning stuff with the iPhone. So his, his original message of any idiot could use it. I've actually struggled with this (laughs) and the Android is a lot easier. Yes. Well, because here's the thing, people who are intelligent and understand technology, are probably iPhone people. Are, no, they're the opposite. Oh. They are Android people because people who are intelligent and understand technology do better with Androids because it's more geared to tech-savvy people. People who are not good with technology, the the Apple is a little bit better because it is you don't need to understand as much in order to get it. The problem with that is you can't do as much with it and it controls too much. You have less... Uh, you have less options when dealing with different varying settings on on your phone. Yeah, so I started off with uh, I think we we talked about it. Uh, I think four 
new passwords to iPhone, so <laughs> iTunes and everything. Right. From four passwords, three numerical codes, and then one fingerprint. Yeah. Which well, now, use... now does everything, yeah. but I can't remember any of those. So yeah. if somebody was to take that, I'd be in trouble. Well, I wrote them down. Make sure, but make I can't sure you know your make sure you know your codes because the fingerprint isn't always going to work. Oh right, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like I, I have a fingerprint on my phone, uh, but the problem is, is half the time, it, like either like if my thumb's a little sweaty or if I'm like you know trying to do whatever, it won't recognize, and I still have to do the keypad to unlock it. Tissues with lotion, stuff like that. Nah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not 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 that bad. Uh, also, I just want to announce so we have time for people to to get on here if they want to. Uh, tonight we are uh, beta testing uh, our live stream, and how we're doing it is we're doing it through the Twitch application. And if yes. you're unfamiliar with Twitch. Twitch is usually a gaming uh, streaming service where you can watch people play games and then they also have uh, various um, uh, uh, cameras or whatever where you can watch them playing the game. And it's usually like split screen. Uh, I bought a camera and I bought some some stuff and we are beta testing it tonight. If you want to watch the live stream, uh, you go to www dot twitch t w i t c h dot tv not dot com it's www dot twitch dot tv backslash team undercard all one word and you should uh, be able to uh, watch we have one camera right now it's really high up um, eventually we are eventually we will uh, be getting more cameras um, and we'll, I'll be playing around with it but tonight's the beta test. Uh, so if something goes wrong, if something's not working, uh, you know, let me know and I'll try to fix it for next time, figure out why it wasn't working. Uh, and also, like I said, we're going to be expanding this. Uh, but right now it's just the one camera and, um, hopefully this will work and then we'll be able to go on from here. Uh, the goal is to be able to live stream every, uh, show that we do. And possibly, if we can get internet access at some places, live stream some events we're at. That would be great. And for every $100 donation to the undercard, Cody Stamen will take off his shirt. <laughs> and so there's an incentive to have $100 donations to the undercard. Uh, no, this is actually awesome. We uh, First off, uh, when the undercard started as a TV show, it was undercard.tv. So I understand the whole principle behind .coms and .tv. But Twitch is actually, this is probably the most cutting edge that we've ever been as a show because Twitch is now just taking off. And norm- normally we're behind like a couple of right. years. We- well, I, 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 it, it was it was quite a bit uh, when you, when we were talking about it. I'm like... Okay, how am I going to do this? But I think I found um, a stable platform uh, that I can run this on. Uh, I just got to do like just kind of setting it up like today. Uh, there were a lot of things where I was like, shoot, how how do I do this? I, I forget how I do this. So uh, it will get better in the future. Um, but uh, today it's probably going to be a little bit rough. Now, uh in addition to uh, TXC, uh, Joseph Battaglia coming in or not coming in, doing a phone interview at seven thirty. Uh, speaking because Twitch is for games. Jimmy has a game for us later on. Too. Yes, I do. Yes, it was a game that we were going to play last week in honor of St. Patrick's Day, but Brad was sick, 
So we didn't. So we're going to kind of retroactively play it in honor of St. Patty's Day since we're all Irish. Uh, and uh, and we're you're, shells and I. you're not? <laughs> not at all. No. Not no. even a little bit? No. no. Have you gotten the ancestry uh, thing? No. Aiden did. It came back exactly how yeah. I thought, except Scandinavian. My Well, actually, my mom uh, did it because she wanted to prove that she was Irish, and it came back, and I think it said she was 10 to 25% Irish. Nice. Which she was happy. She was happy because there was some Irish in there. And there was, yeah, there was quite, there was a couple of things. There was like, um, like we knew French, uh, but then there was some other things like whales and, you know, things of that, na- you know, nature or whatever. I forget exactly all, all what they were, but she, all she wanted to make sure was that she was part Irish and she is. So she was happy. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try to pull up, uh, Aiden's here really quick because you figure, uh, my son has uh, a lot of a lot of what I have in there. Anyway. Well, it would be split between it him and his isn't. mom. No, no, it, no, not at all. No, they're pretty similar. I oh. mean, it, yeah, he actually whatever he, he spit spit in a tube, I guess. And, well, that's uh, where you'd spit in a little thing and then mail it, and like um, three months later, you get the results. Yeah. I'll have to find it, but uh, there was a few surprises on there that maybe yeah. it was mostly me. And what did he come back? Irish 40? It was high. It was high. Yeah. Uh, but we knew that anyways. Yeah. But as I get older, which is a good segue to talk about it, it it's uh, – I haven't felt good anyways. But <coughs> a Saturday night St. Patrick's Day, 20-year-old Brad would have thought was just the greatest thing that ever happened. I was actually even married the first time around on St. Patrick's Day, the holiday meant a lot to me. And it's actually my Christian name, Patrick, too. Uh-huh. I just couldn't get – there's a lot of things I can't get into anymore that I used to get into as a kid. And I might I might be <clears throat> aging ridiculously fast. But the appeal of that day just went – came and went. Um, you know, it's – I don't know. I have no idea. You well, know, I didn't even wear green. I yes, did. you did. It, Yes, you did. I did. It wasn't on purpose. What did I wear green? Your boxers. Oh, okay. I wore boxers. <laughs> yeah, but they were they were even uh, Guinness ones. Okay, oh, that, and that wasn't even planned. That, but that I mean that counts. You know. Yeah, was even was even planned. I did. I did. I had, I worked um, uh, Concordia, which I do every Saturday, and I did wear green uh, uh, that day. Um, I forget what I did in the evening. I was oh I was supposed to go out but I was on call end up having to go out on a couple of runs so I ended up not doing anything which yep. eh you know it was kind of like eh if I went out great if I don't eh you know um, the rule of thumb is you can pinch anyone that's not wearing green that day but I told Rochelle the other day except Weatherman because that's not really fair they can't wear green in front of the green screen so Weatherman well, they could it would just be. Yeah, you would go right through. Right, exactly. Yeah, so like they, they get a pass, right? So because of the yeah, green screen. But everybody else should be wearing green. But I don't know. It was just <sighs> a Saturday, perfect. I mean, I love my Irish heritage, you know, and I absolutely, you know, but now now the rest of America that pretends they're <laughs> Irish and aren't can now pretend they're Mexican for May 5th and, and move on and, <laughs> and, continue, yeah, and continue on and 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 – you know, go 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 do that and everything. Did you hear about the uh, uh, the bar? It was a fake bar, but it was a bar where they were trying to bring uh, attention to 
uh, the problems with immigrants and what they were doing was they wouldn't were saying, let Irish people they in. weren't let Irish people in yeah good They're, and they were using the old slangs from like turn of the century when people were you know turning away the Irish saying that they were dirty and brought disease and all that kind of stuff and I thought that was brilliant you know there were some people though I saw a little video of it there were some people that were like Ready to fight, genuinely pissed off, you know? <laughs> and this, it was. This is the bar we're going to right now. Right. But, and what they did was the people that got really, really pissed off, they pulled them aside and they handed them a brochure saying what they were doing and why they were doing it. And once they saw that, they're like, oh, okay, which, which was literally, I think the reason they went, oh, okay, is because on the bottom it said, this is not a real bar. And, and that proves the point. Of what they're trying to prove, uh, how people right. would get mad and, yeah. and d- discrimination against anybody. Right, exactly. Is, uh, you know, still, you know, you know. I, I thought it was brilliant. I, I perused the article. I wouldn't say I got into it too much. But I was also thinking how much that cost them to, to, to perform that political study. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there had to be – you lost some money in it. And um, it wasn't a real bar. No, I know, but like all they did was you know, they put a, all they did was they put a sign the out sign. front. Yeah. They just said it was a bar, and people started walking there. Mm. Yeah, maybe they didn't lose money then. You never. I was gonna say if they lost money, it was maybe in like the hundreds of dollars. You know the yeah. the money for the sign, the money for the people, the the paper for the. Oh, pamphlets. it's a great social yeah. experiment. Uh, Sherry, the photographer friend, she she had actually loved that experiment. She's yeah. huge into social experiments and everything like that. Um, so Cody's not here, and uh, so this is perfect time to per talk usual. about it. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just uh, so, someone should text him then if he knows the code to the door, though. Um, I'm but sure, I'm sure he'll text us when he gets here. I kind of wanted to talk about this without him hearing anyway. So this is a, a very crucial time in behind the scenes stuff going on with the UFC and the WWE. And what do the two have in common? Both have TV deals that either have expired or are going to expire. Raw and SmackDown have been a staple, correct, of USA, is it, Jimmy? Are they on USA right now? Uh Sure. Okay. I, we, we should con- confirm that. But for sure, UFC is on Fox Sports 1. So what's going on right now is that UFC is looking for another deal. And Fox Sports behind the scenes is acting like they're going to make a run at WWE, that the UFC thing hasn't worked out. Dana White's saying these numbers they're throwing out are, are purposely to negotiate. Right. And then you got ESPN, who isn't making money anymore, that might make another run at WWE or possibly, you know, UFC. So behind closed doors, um, it's very interesting right now because if – WWE, which is once again as popular as it was back during the Attitude Era right now, the the numbers are huge. This WWE network thing worked out brilliantly with these pay-per-views. Um, if Fox Sports is really looking to get Raw and SmackDown, which are both on, the, I believe, the USA Network um, – that changes everything for uh, UFC because then UFC now – is maybe looking at ESPN, but then ESPN's also looking like a player maybe for WWE also. Um, so you got a lot of behind the scenes things going, and it's going to be interesting because if WWE signs a huge deal, 
I don't know if UFC can get as big of a deal as WWE. Right. And um, one is sports entertainment and one's real sports. Right. Uh, Raw and SmackDown are on USA. Correct. Uh, Raw's on Mondays. SmackDown's on Tuesdays. Then Total Divas is on the E Network on Wednesdays. Well, it would only and be the Raw event, SmackDown, right? Show. And then the main event is on Hulu on Thursdays, right? Um, so behind the scenes, the and this has been going on for a year, where Fox Sports uh, is supposedly not happy with the ratings of UFC, or, or supposedly not happy. And so what, what you're going to have here is the UFC <laughs> looking. Um, could you imagine WWE on ESPN? I mean, like they—they they were the sports network, and now they would be sports uh, entertainment. But you're losing money. Uh, sure. Right. I mean, I could. It'd the be number one—the number one thing that makes ESPN. I could money see it right on ESPN like eight, the Ocho. No, 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 no. It would be <laughs> no. I know. Be I'm just ESPN. Kidding. That would be must see TV. Uh, the thing about ESPN right now, what's getting them the ratings is they're behind the the sixty. What is it behind the, the sixty minutes? No, um, the 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 original content, the stories where they go back and they tell the stories and be between the lines, all, all those, all those original content stories are what is uh, big on ESPN right now. The way people can watch now every sporting event on oh, 60 their and phone, 60. yeah, um, is is not not the way probably for ESPN to recover. So. We'll start to follow this story, but what you're having is a lot of people pretending to leak, and I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this, but how goes WWE, UFC goes, and how UFC goes, goes WWE. And you got to figure the WWE contract is worth more um, from a rating standpoint, where they're at right now. Um but I don't know enough information. I've heard a lot of rumors of where, where people might be going. And, and, and the one thing that has been pointed out by a lot of people that I know in media is if we hear something, typically it's because of negotiation and it means nothing. Right. And so it, it would just be something thrown out by these networks. Um, but man, WWE and UFC, no matter how hard they try not to separate each other, here's another prime example of they're running alongside each other, whether it be the Ronda thing, right. whether it be the Brock <laughs> thing. Now it's TV <laughs> contracts. They're literally running together, whether they want to or not. Right. Um, and one will determine a lot. I mean, yeah. um, uh, it's an interesting strategy. If you're UFC, you almost want to sign first because if WWE determines the marketplace, uh-huh. you might lose money. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's no, just like I, free I, agency. Right. I agree. If you're the best pitcher out there, you wait until a lesser pitcher gets hired, uh, hired and he makes a $150 million contract over five years. So you can go now to the Philadelphia Phillies or Detroit Tigers or right. wherever and say, well, I'm better than him. Right. So I did le- deserve at least $200 million for six years. And so uh, it's going to be interesting as uh, UFC and the Fox uh, sports um, cards have, have ended um, – and, and we're moving on to where their next thing is. I, I do not want UFC to take a step back further. I mean, I don't want to see them. I do want to see them on a network that's easily accessible. I do not want to go to a bar and say, can you t- throw on the USC? And then they say, well, we don't have ABC Network or, you know, the ones I'm talking about, like Spike or some right. of them that are left off things. Um, but, God, WWE, if they were to get on ESPN – 
that would just be absolutely crazy because USA yeah, has huge. always been a second tier tier yeah. tier network. You know, wasn't that like the the, the silk stocking show and all those terrible programmings the USA up all yeah. night? Oh god, like they had some bad programming oh, over the god. years. You know, oh god, that was bad. Rhonda Shear up all night. Uh, you remember those? And then she introduced oh, yeah. bad movies. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be and, and they were. Bad movies. Oh, they were, they were they like were not even really, B movies. They were like C movies. They were really, 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 really bad. All right. We're going to go to our first commercial break. On the flip side, we're going to have Joseph Battaglia. Congratulations on our new intro, Jimmy. Great job. Very exciting. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we'll be back in six minutes exactly. Joseph Battaglia uh, from TXC. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. We're going to be talking with Joseph Battaglia now from TXC. He's got an event coming up. Uh, you got the number? Oh, yeah. I wrote the number down there. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Good luck reading my handwriting. She can read mine. She can read yours. I put mine <clears throat> against anybody's. Say what again? I print and it's horrible. <laughs> you have doctor handwriting just like <laughs> me. That, that, that's always my excuse is doctor handwriting. I don't have time for that. Hello? Hey, Joseph. You're live on the air with the undercard. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. We are joined by Joseph Battaglia from Triple X uh, Cage Fighting TXC's Legends is happening Saturday, April 14th, Burton Manor, sponsored by Patino Diet again. And uh, let's just cut to the chase. You got a good main event. Uh, Right off the bat, you got Marco Smallman, which if anybody knows anything about MMA, this kid's got the stuff to go to the the highest levels of the sport. Uh, he's built like an MMA fighter. Uh, not only is he built like an MMA fighter, he's just a dangerous fighter. He finishes people. And then uh, you got uh, Scott uh, Futrell, and you look at his record at Eaton 5, and you'd be like, not, not that, you know, it's an average record, but he's actually on a three-fight win streak. And his last loss was a decision against uh, Adrian for you guys at TXC. Uh, a tough, tough opponent. So let's talk about this main event right away. So he lost to uh, Adrian on our last card by a split decision. So it was a very, uh, uh, very tough fight. And, um, you know, he changed schools. Scott Fertrell, he's with, a, with an even better academy. He's extremely tough. I think this is uh, Marco's toughest fight for sure. And with the I mean, match, especially matchup wise, you know he's long. He's a good striker. He's a good wrestler. It's a it's a tough fight. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, you know Mark, Marco comes out in this fight. Now this welterweight contest, um, as you said, is a step up for Marco. But from a distance, Marco, in in you know because of his camp and being close to him, he appears to be the real deal. Can you tell us some of the strengths that um, Futrell hasn't seen before? Um, that that you think would give it a great edge to Marco, and and what do you think might give uh, Marco some problems? Well, Marco is, uh, you know, he's one of the hardest workers, so he's good at everything. He's not going to quit. You know, he's a guy that's going to be in the fight regardless if it's on the ground or standing. You know, he's well versed. He's a brown belt. 
in karate, uh, full contact karate, so striking on his feet, he's he's good, and he's a high-level purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he's solid in every place, and he's not going to get tired. He's one of the you know hardest workers. He's very dedicated. But Scott is very long. He's got very good. He kind of reminds me of a Taquan Townsend. You know, he's very long. He's got good elbows, good knees. He's excellent in the clinch, and he's quick. So, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting fight. We'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, more about the Legends card here. What else uh, is on the docket fight-wise, and what fights should fans make sure they're in their seats for? Well, you know, Adrian is on the card. Um, we don't have the contracts back from the other guy yet, so I can't say his name. But, you know, it's a, it's a good fight for him. His brother's fighting in the United States for the first time. Uh, coming out of Albania, it, this is his first pro fight as well. Uh, he had a good amateur run in Albania, but now he's here in the States, so that should be uh, fun to watch. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Avon Bashi. He's an upcoming yep. amateur. He's 3-0. and uh, He's fighting for his first title on this card. Uh, I guess a really tough Canadian kid, so it's, uh, it's a good card. It's stacked. We have a lot of amateur fights on this card. I think there's four or five amateur fights, and uh, six or seven pro fights. So it's, uh, it's pretty stacked from, from top to bottom. We, we've had a couple fights fall out in the last few days. Um, so we might add a couple more amateur fights, but, uh, I mean, the card's good where it's at. So if we don't, then it's not a big deal. And for people that don't know in our listening audience, Joseph Battaglia, former fighter himself, I, I, I view as TXC as the most fighter-friendly promotion out there because of the background you come from. Uh, we, we've talked off the record and, and on the record, but li- little stuff that you've mentioned to me where you, you know how important those after parties are. You try to stick to a schedule, try to wrap it up. It doesn't go to one in the morning. It's not an all-night event. And so th- these are exciting uh uh, uh, cards because you are such a, a fighter friendly uh, uh, person. I mean, does that, that help come in from the fighter background that you kind of know what these guys are going through fight week, kind of know how they want to be treated and how you wanted to be treated back in the day? I hope so. I mean, you know, for us, nobody wants to be there all night long. A lot of these guys get sponsorship money to go to different places after their fights. So if they're not fighting till two o'clock in the morning, it's kind of hard to for them to get sponsorship. And it's not a bash on other promoters, you know, because you know sometimes they just have a lot more fights. We try to keep it to twelve fights, and, and we even have to do a better job at getting the show. Even though we're usually done by midnight, that's still too late for me. We got to do a better job of getting the guys in and out of the ring. And you'll see that, um, you know, on this next show because we're not interviewing every fight you know very typically we have Kara Rowe interview every single winner uh we're not going to do that this time around I think we're just going to interview the fights that are intriguing you know what I mean if it's a big knockout or a great fight then we'll interview it but if it's just a quick fight or if it's kind of a whole necessary to waste five minutes um you know where the fans want to really see the action so you know hopefully it'll get some incentives for the guys to get in there and finish fights you know Right. Now, uh, with TXC Legends 78, uh, you guys were typically running two shows a year. Uh, there was a little bit of a break last year. Was it refreshing to have a little bit of a, little bit of a break and, and kind of not run the shows as you, as you did and, and allow this show to get a little bit more momentum? Is two shows a year where you guys are looking at this year, too? Well, you know, for us, um, you know, both Glenn and I uh, have full-time jobs. So as the economy started getting better, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work to put these shows on. 
So it worked out where our venue was having some remodeling done. And when they were doing their, or they're doing an expansion, it was supposed to be done. So we were just waiting for the expansion to get done. And then, you know, we couldn't wait any longer if we were going to continue to do it. So we winded up talking to them and um, we just couldn't make the best deal for TXE. You know what I mean? So we winded up moving down the road, still close to it. Um, it's just going to work out better all the way around for us. Uh, hotels connected right there. It, you know, just kind of kind of like the uh, Suburban Showcase, which we love the venue. Don't get me wrong. It's nice, but it doesn't make sense for us because, you know, we're limited on dates there. You know, for us, they tell us when we get to go. And it makes it much harder uh, to throw a show because you just never know what it's going to be. Where at the venue we're at now, we get to pretty much decide when we're going to do it. So it, it, it's just going to work out a lot better. And it, it may give us an opportunity to do more shows rather than just the, the two we were doing. But I will say it was a great break, you know, being off for, for that time span. I mean, the fighters have been messaging us off the hook of when we're going to have another show. But, you know, we don't do this for the money. So it's, we don't do it for a living. We don't have to. We don't have to do a show if we don't want to. We can just go to other shows and enjoy their show rather than go through the headache. Now, uh, we, we've talked about this often. I believe we've even talked about it on the air uh, uh, on our show. But um, since the Wild West was put to rest, there was a little bit of problems because some of the rules didn't make sense. They were, they were overcorrecting. But some of them have been now corrected with the eye exam and stuff. Where, where do you see the state of Michigan and, and how how dealing with the state of Michigan is? Um, are we headed in the right direction finally? Because, I mean, I, I value your opinion. And, and TXC is a reputable promotion it's not like some of these other promotions you think we're headed in the right direction or is there still work to be done no i think so i think the state's doing a better job you know they've changed some rules this year so that now there will be more um state officials there which i think will help out and you know plus uh, you can we can hire more inspectors they can get certified through the state as long as they were former law enforcement or current law enforcement you know there can be more uh, to do with that. So I, it, it was it didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense when they first did it because they sanctioned a lot more fees but did a lot less work. Now they're starting to come back to doing more actually at the event. You know, there has to be an inspector at the weigh-in where they didn't have to be when sanctioning first came out. and Which is crazy. Like like, <laughs> you know, to think about that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You, you could have <laughs> a promotion that you know could have somebody weigh in that 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 was the the unbelievable one because it applied to boxing too you just couldn't have, sure. i mean for weigh in that that's unheard of that and then you know even the inspectors at the show they really didn't have any responsibility there other than then tabulate you know tabulate the scores and, and random uh, you know, they weren't sure hand wraps they weren't going in and out of the cage um, to make sure the water bottles were clear or, you know, gasoline wasn't being put on them. You know, so now they've corrected that and, and they are going to have um, to where an inspector will go in the cage and see what's going on and hand wraps will be checked. Uh, probably a lot of it, to be honest, it has to do with the UFC coming here. You know, they probably were like, what the heck is this? This is a shit show. So that probably helped, uh, you know, our cause on getting some of the rules that really should have been there and should have never been eliminated to begin with. 
well, we wish you the best of luck and thank you for joining us. Uh, that's a heck of a main event. Like I said, if uh, you look at a uh, few trials, uh, three fight win streak, and it's not like it, it's over time too. He's working a lot since the uh, 2017. He had a couple fights that were canceled. Not only did he have a couple fights that, you know, beyond his control were canceled. I mean, he, he's working. So it's, it's three fight wins recently and he's going against what some people say is uh the best welterweight maybe in the state and marco smallman so we want to thank you so much joseph for uh giving us some time tickets are available at neptix.com n-e-p-t-i-x.com any questions or for tickets or probably vip packages 248-252-0427 uh so a a new venue but it's going to be a lot of fun 6 p.m burton manor Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right. That is Joseph Battaglia. Thank you so much, Joe. We'll see you soon. Uh, the TXC, like I said, Jimmy, and I think you've been to TXC show, right? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I loved them when they were at the, the, the theater uh, when Cody took down Ruben Beriak with uh, uh, the spinning kick. They oh, actually yeah. Made highlights. That was yeah. that home music theater we tried to broadcast like that yeah live yeah yeah we were gonna be in that little uh balcony like, b- balcony yeah we i remember that box seats all right yeah so but gonna, nothing would work i'm gonna tell everybody a ridiculous story that has never gone out on the air but that it's was going the, that was the old network right yeah so, so but we can now, talk about them all we want yeah now. so what happened was this was our first live broadcast ever trying to be live broadcast right and um they give us an opera booth like uh off to the side of the stage and uh Ricky Rocks who is our old producer god bless him uh ba- <laughs> legend Ricky Rocks legendary bassist <laughs> um this is the first time he's ever tried out the equipment Marv's there I'm there and uh we're we're going to uh have special guests come up we're going to have er- a whole night planned well Ricky Rocks literally brought 14 minutes of battery uh, to our remote set, yeah. and um, what happened was we ran out of battery. Yeah, we recorded interviews with Angie uh, Jennings and I think Javier, <laughs> who was working with Michigan Top Team, yeah. until Ricky, uh, because he kept he brought his wife at the time. Yeah, finally says, "Oh, we're not recording. Nothing's going on." <laughs> so then it was the awkward. We're just sitting there. So right. Marv thought it was funny we we pretended to do a show into mics that weren't real uh because ricky rocks brought 14 minutes of battery and we could not charge it anywhere where we were at at the yeah there was like no plugs there now it was crazy so uh ricky did not charge it before he got there or even tried it out i don't think because i remember him pulling it out going i don't know where this goes (laughs) i don't know where this. i think this goes here I don't I know where this there. is, but where we interviewed two people like that. Yeah. that never went anywhere, yeah. never, yeah. never, never existed. Yeah. Uh, so that's our our TXC first time story, <laughs> and I think that was the night Cody took out Ruben with. I the think kid. you're right because I remember that. I do remember that just spinning with him. Yeah. Boom, and down, <laughs> down, down he goes. Uh, but so we got a lot of MMA coming up uh, over the next few uh, weeks. In Michigan, uh, I can't say this enough. April six, uh, we have uh, at Eastern Michigan University. Eric McGuire's throwing boxing and MMA at yeah. the Eastern Michigan Convocation Center. 
Uh, and I don't know this guy because I'm not a huge voice guy, but some guy from The Voice is actually performing a concert. Eric McGuire is a good guy. Come out and support it. Um, then uh, the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves is happening April 13th, 14th, and 15th at Burt's Warehouse. Uh, that's at the amateur tournament for the Detroit Golden Gloves. Uh, more information is available at DetroitGoldenGloves.org. I actually just wrote the press release for that, so look for that out there. April 13th, it's Night of April Knockouts 13th. at Soundboard Boxing. Mm-hmm. Carlos Lalinas, uh, Anthony Barnes is back in action. I just mm-hmm. heard Dwayne Williams is fighting Taylor Dewar. Really? That is April 13th. Ooh. Damn. April 14th, uh, we just talked to Joseph Battaglia. TXC is going on. And you know what? The cool thing about that is you could probably go see the Golden Gloves in the afternoon and still make it out to Burton Manor uh, later that night. And oh, let's see that's what a else lot is of stuff coming going out. Because that's right when my show's getting ready to open up. What show are you doing? Uh, into the woods. I'm not in it. I'm just building the sets. Okay. But, you know, I work for Concordia as their technical director. And yeah. Uh, we're building the uh, the sets for uh, Into the Woods right now. Um, kind of minimal. I should know <laughs> it's what funny. that is. What it's is a musical. That? It's no, a musical. But is it based on fairy tales? Yes, it's okay. a. It's we so have the movie. They're, yeah, I was gonna say they made a movie with all the famous people, and but um, they uh, uh, it was supposed to be a uh, simplistic like set design because. It's basically just me building the sets with maybe once or twice people coming and kind of helping me out. Jerry, the program director, does a lot of work and stuff like that. But it's really just kind of the two of us, right? Well, he brought in the art director, who is brilliant, by the way, to, like, do scenic painting and stuff like that. But then she had all these other ideas. And now I have, like, so much more work than I anticipated because she wants to do this and wants to do that, wants to do that. And I'm like, this was supposed to be simple so that I, we could accomplish it, but it's becoming more and more complicated. And it's like, it's starting to frustrate me. So, but yeah, that show opens up on the 19th. So that weekend beforehand, I'll probably be there a good chunk of it because that's probably where we're going to be loading in the set. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. Dress rehearsal isn't typically with with setup. Yeah, dress rehearsal is typically with setup. So, yeah. would would they? How many days out? Uh, dress rehearsal would be that that. So we'd probably load in the show on that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get the set in, and then their dress rehearsal. Their dress would be uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Final dress would be Thursday. They would perform Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we take down the set. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Ah, yes. And then you get ah, summer yes. off, or is there? Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I so uh, Jerry, who is the program director over there, uh, um, he's using. Um, so he has this group called the Experimental Experimental Arts Association, and for years, uh, you know, like we even way back when I did stuff with him, like uh, clowning work and miming work and like living statue work and stuff like that. Well, he wants to try to bring some professionalism to Concordia and allow the students to work with professional actors. And we do onesie twosies, like I did and Frank, and I did something else, and we had this other guy do something else, and so on and so forth. But in February of next year, we're going to be mounting a production of Hamlet, 
where the main characters, including myself, are the professional actors, then we'll have students be some of the minor characters so they can get used to doing Shakespeare and get used to doing Shakespeare with professionals. So I'll be playing um, – Oh God, I can't even think of his name. The the uncle, the one that killed Hamlet's father, and also the ghost of Hamlet's father. Uh, and I'll be doing the fight choreography for it. So, mm-hmm. so the summer is when we're gonna start like rehearsing, just sporadically, just to kind of get a feel for it. What we're doing different because they're we're truncating Hamlet instead of it being like two and a half hours, we're making it ninety minutes. So it's going to be a little bit truncated. We're going to get used to the acting, the characters, who's going to be playing who, and so on and so forth. So, um, The only advice I would give to Hamlet is – so I read Hamlet before I saw Hamlet, and then Mel Gibson's movie came out after. Um, that is the one play that you should see before you read it because of the way – I'm not spoiling anything for anybody, right? But it is confusing as hell if you don't know what's going on. Hamlet, I think you should see it first before you read it. No. I disagree. I think you should read it before you see it because you'll enjoy the performance more if you read it firsthand. Shakespeare's not that hard to understand. No, I'm not saying that. It really is When he's isn't. talking to stuff and you don't know what's real and what's not through the whole play. It's all real. I mean, it's all in his head, but it's all real to him. It's difficult to figure that out where if in the play you're, you're, you're quicker to see it and then read it. Yeah. That's the only play I would say do it that way. It's just because, you know. Maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you're the expert in it. I'm I, just saying that that's see, the one I, I would say go enjoy it and see, then go, ooh, and then go back and read it and and you kind of know who he's talking to, who he's not talking to, what's real and what's a dream. And it moves. But it it says right in the script – the ghost. I understand. He's talking, so you know who he's talking I, to. I totally understand. I'm just saying it's the one I would do reverse, so you see it and understand it a little bit more. I mean, okay. But you're the expert in it. I mean, okay, I can kind of understand that, but at the same time, like, I I just, I don't you're know. listening I think, to the undercard, Community Theater Radio. No, I mean, I I would just think that it would be easier to read it first to get a sense of what you're you're going to be seeing and then watching it and then you can enjoy the performances or not enjoy the performances like i've seen countless performances of hamlet in movies on stage uh you know they the mighty uh, mel gibson um yeah that's that's probably a, a good example of what not to do as hamlet um but I, I, I actually, this past summer, I saw a uh, uh, Shakespeare in the Park for, uh, Hamlet uh, here in Detroit. Um, it was it was pretty. Well, park. Uh, new Center? Yeah, New Center Park, where they had that little amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah. It was all right. Uh, and the production was all right. You know, right. there was some good. There was some bad. There were some weird things that they did, some things I didn't agree with or, or whatever. But I've also seen some brilliant, brilliant uh uh versions of Hamlet. Like there's a version of Hamlet with David Tennant. Um thought you were gonna say David Hasselhoff. No, no, no. I, I, I was waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, no, like, no. David oh, Tennant dude. and uh Patrick Stewart, which was amazing. It was amazing. David Tennant as Hamlet and Patrick Stewart as his uncle and the ghost of his father, and it was just 
brilliant, mm. you know? So, I mean, it really depends on who you see do it. Sometimes you could get lost if they're not really good at what they're doing. And other times it's, you know, if you know the, 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 the play and you know what's supposed to be happening and they do something different, then you're going to know like, Hey, wait a minute. That's not how it was written. <laughs> you know? Uh, so my TV during the college years was locked on PBS. And what, what happened was during, uh, the innovations of TV as, as we're moving towards flat screens, and this wasn't a flat screen yet, is that they were like, Hey, let's make it so technical that it's by remote only. And I had lost the remote and there was no way to change the channel that, which then they went back to, they're like, that's absurd. And they started putting channel changers and stuff on it, but it was locked on PBS because I could not find this remote forever. Right. And, um, David Hasselhoff was in the a play Hoff. called, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and okay. PBS was at the time like running it during their telethon. They're like, that's the David Hasselhoff's uh, London presentation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. <laughs> Hyde. Didn't see it ever live, but I will tell you that <laughs> might have been the worst play I've ever seen. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Have you it seen was. it? The the movie? I, or, I or, or the movie of the play? It's pretty bad. No, All right, I do what's it. on tap. We'll go to a break right. and then uh We'll be All right, I, 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 the, our little cord doesn't reach the other side of my laptop, and I can't really move my laptop now because I got all this stuff hooked on. So there's no intro music for it, but uh, uh, yeah, just what's on tap? Okay, March. This is what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, March 22nd at Indio in California on ESPN2, we have Ryan Garcia versus Fernando Vargas, 10 rounds for the junior lightweights. Uh, March 23rd at Hollywood, Florida, Stefan Young versus Raymart Gaballo, 12 rounds for the WBA Bantamweight Eliminator. Excuse me. London on HBO, we have Frank Bugloni versus Callum Johnson, 12 rounds for Bugloni's British light heavyweight title. We also have Lewis Riston versus Scotty Cardell, 12 rounds for Riston's British lightweight title. Mexico City, uh, BIN Sports and Espanol. We have Annabelle Ortiz versus Deborah Ragfio, rematch, 10 rounds for Morales's WBA women's strawweight title. Hamburg, Germany, we have Tyron Zug versus Isaac Epko. Rematch for 12 rounds for Zug's WBA regular super middleweight title. Uh, Marseille, France, we have Rod Merhe versus Arsène Guillamiren. 12 rounds for the vacant WBA regular cruiserweight title. Moving on to, oh, and then also Michael Soro versus John Vera, 12 rounds for the WBA Junior Middleweight Eliminator. Uh, in Bilbo, Spain, we have, or Bilbao, Spain, sorry, we have Kerman Lagara versus Bradley Skeet, 12 rounds for the vacant European welterweight title. Uh, going to MMA, the only thing really interesting is March 24th, Invicta FC 28, Mizuki versus John Robia. And that is in the Union Event Center, Salt Lake City, Utah, in the United States. That's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. We're going to go to a quick break, and we will be right back.
All right, we're going to go back to hand combat for a second, then we're going to wrap it up with uh, – I don't think it's really pop culture. It's just uh, something something huge. Just a and- little little – Fun trivia thing. Go get my drink now. Like and then, and then, what fighting. we're going to do is uh, close yes. with uh, we 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 got to do a funeral later today, so uh, we'll, we'll close with the funeral. So, anyways, uh, Golovkin uh, Canelo Alvarez. It's it's quickly coming upon us uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, and uh, Golovkin went on the offensive today in USA Today, and I want to make it very very clear why boxing will never surpass the other sports is because of the decisions and and, and stuff around it. it. It's a niche sport. I've said it a million times. People that love boxing, love the excitement of boxing, you have to be realistic, take 12 steps back and realize it's not baseball, it's not football. And the way that we allow judging, just like figure skating or other sports, makes it so that our sport will probably never, ever, ever be mainstream like it was back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s or when Muhammad Ali was uh, in there. But anyways, according to USA Today, Martin Rogers is the official journalist on it, uh, from Big Bear, Bear Lake, California, where Golovkin is training, Gennady Golovkin launched a remarkable attack on rival <laughs> Saul Canelo Alvarez on Tuesday, accusing the Mexican fighter of being a longtime drug cheat who is protected by the corrupt boxing officials. Alvarez tested positive for a banned substance, and I always pronounce this wrong, salabrutal or something, during samples collected on February 17th and February 20th, with the test results being revealed in March 4th. He and Golovkin are due to take part in a rematch in Las Vegas on May 5th, having battled to a uh, controversial draw last year. Alvarez has insisted that the levels of whatever in his system was a result of tainted meat consumed while in Mexico. Golovkin ridiculed those claims while indicating the Nevada Athletic Commission were conspiring to ensure Alvarez would not face sanction. Come on, I told you. It's not meat, Golovkin told reporters at his training camp in Big Bear. Canelo's team are using these drugs, and everyone's trying to pretend it's not happening. This guy, he knows. This is not his first day in boxing. He proves he gets benefits from everyone, and he can get away with it. The commentators, commission, doping commission, this is a very bad business. It's not sport. Check him on a lie detector, and then we can find out everything. Many observers believe Golovkin won the first fight. However, it was scored even when one judge gave Alvarez victory by an extraordinary 118-110 margin. Another gave Golovkin a narrow win, and a third scored at 114-114. The 35-year-old Golovkin said he suspected Alvarez was a drug cheat before their first encounter. Before the first fight, I knew he was not clean. Golovkin added, have a look at the video. He used some pills. It was pretty obvious when his muscles were all uh, all had traces of injections. I've known it for a long time. Golovkin also insinuated that Alvarez promoter Golden Boys Promotions chief Oscar De La Hoya had used performance-enhancing drugs during his career. You can talk about De La Hoya, Golovkin added. He is also not clean. He is dirty. Golden Boy president Eric Gomez categorically dismissed Golovkin's assertions. It is ridiculous, Gomez told USA Today Sports. Triple G doesn't sound like a confident fighter. I guess he has a lot of insecurities. There is an investigation into the Celembra. I'm going to pronounce it different each time. (laughs) Hold on one second. I got to sneeze. (coughs) Yep, I I do sneeze that loud. And now it's on video, too. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we are cooperating. When it is complete, all the facts will come out. Canelo is a clean fighter. The facts and statistics back it up. Nevada Athletic Commission Executive Director Bob Bennett had no comment as the investigation in the matter is still pending. Golovkin said that after the decision in the first fight, members of the commission had avoided him. Looking at the commission, they all put their head down to avoid eye contact. Golovkin said, they don't want to watch. I reviewed the fight again, and I just realized that these people, people like that are terrorists. They are killing the sport. People like that, they have to be in prison, he added. So let's break down the story really quick. First off, uh, I guess if there is corruption at a financial level, maybe prison. I don't know. Um, we've said this five years now. We're coming up on five years. Boxing, if ever a sport maybe wasn't clean, it is boxing. It's had the history. And the bad thing is that you got Golovkin, who um, I kind of believe what Golden Boy is saying here. If you really believe you could ble- uh, beat Canelo, you shouldn't be going this route. Not making excuses already. And now Canelo's in a non-winning situation. You win. People say you might be on steroids. You lose. Uh, people will say it's because you got caught taking steroids and you stopped taking steroids because they were testing you. Um, or it could be real tainted meat in Mexico. Uh, some things to note. Canelo was one of the first people to actually try to push for t- tougher drug testing when he was coming up in his early 20s. Um, that doesn't mean that he might have not had a change of heart. Um, but Golovkin's clearly going after Nevada. He's clearly going after uh, 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 the establishment. Now, here's the bad thing about that is that if you're going to win a beauty pageant and this fight is close, the last thing you want to do is take shots at the judges. So I don't understand the strategy Golovkin's going with here because you're, you're if it's close, you're kind of setting yourself up for maybe the state of Nevada – to look look the other way, you're you're kind of putting them down. You're trying to say they're and Canelo in um not good strategy, not not well thought out strategy. And at the end of the day, if you think you could beat Canelo, you don't care that he is on steroids or not. You're you're just gonna walk through him. But that being said, if Canelo isn't clean and this investigation proves that he was on uh, some sort of drug to help him lose weight during training camp, there cannot be a bigger blow, God bless you, to boxing uh, because here you have a superstar in his late 20s. He will be tainted by by ever, and here's the biggest fight we've had in a while. My heart will be broken. Since Pacquiao and Mayweather, and all of a sudden... You know, so that story is gaining legs. Golovkin's not letting this uh, uh, tainted meat thing go away. It's a big part of his camp. Uh, and I don't know. Is Canelo bigger from the last time I've seen him personally? Yes. Um, but I don't know what the natural body evolution is. I know that I can be around somebody and kind of get a gauge of it. Just it it's they're different, but not having seen Canelo in person in, in a little bit, um, it's really tough for me to gauge. I'd, I'd have to be near him to maybe think that if it, it's true or not. But there is a natural course of your body getting a little bit bigger. I don't think it's anything freakish I've seen um, from a distance, but we'll continue to follow that story. But I mean, it, it's kind of already ruined the fight come May because everybody's going to have doubt. I, I hope Canelo didn't cheat. 
And if it was tainted meat, that just freaking sucks, dude. It just yeah. just something to overhang boxing. And but once again, for five years, I've been saying this. This is exactly why boxing. It just is never going to crack the top four. And I'm putting NHL hockey in front of it, which is just absurd. Um, Eric DeLeon, though, um, fought to a draw, a majority draw in California. His ratings were good. Our good friend Eric DeLeon from uh, Detroit. That's good to hear. Uh, um, so, I mean, there there are things to look at in boxing and say, hey, you know what? The ratings are good on TV. They're good. That one was on ESPN, top rank on ESPN. Uh, but this would be devastating to the sport. So hopefully this investigation um, clears up. Canelo doesn't eat any more tainted meat or stops taking steroids and, and we go from there. But if he wins, that's what the people that are Golovkin fans or the people that don't like Canelo are going to say is that it had something to do with steroids. Um I don't know. Let's go, let's go to our funeral real quick and then we'll go to Jimmy's game. We'll end on a high note. Um so it is with sad, 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 sad uh, news that everybody knows, but I am going to give a eulogy. Um, our good friend Toys R Us has left us. <laughs> Part of our childhood. <laughs> I, Brad, moved, I've been uh, sitting here going, oh my God, who died? Well, I thought he was like, oh, my. oh, not, oh. Your, your, your mic's not on. <laughs> Uh, our good friend Toys R Us has yes. officially uh, left us. Right now, a lot of you out there immediately are going. Jeffrey was a giraffe. He had a long neck. He should have saw this coming for quite some time, <laughs> but they didn't. And no, what, they had, did. <laughs> what had what had snuck they, they, they up saw on them a long time ago? Right. Uh, Toys R Us was such a part of everybody's oh, God, life yeah. that uh, it's weird to think that, and it appears all the stores are closing, yes. uh, that there will be no more Toys R Us. Well, actually, I just heard a rumor. I just heard a rumor that this other, uh, that KB Toys is, instead of Toys R Us closing down, they're going to do a merger with Toys R Us, and they're going to... Uh, and they're going to become a conglomerate, Toys R Us and KB Toys. It's just a rumor. It's just an article that I saw. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but that might be because <laughs> KB Toys only exists in malls. Right. So if they could get the real estate that Toys R Us owns, expand out of the malls into actual like buildings or whatever, I mean, that could be huge. Yeah. Uh, I, I have an idea for. Uh, a toy store kind of thing or whatever. Um, basically, it's like a Toys R Us or whatever, except that when you go there, you can rent a toy for like an hour. Like, mommy, mommy, I want that toy. You come to the desk, you say, hey, my kid wants to play with that toy. I want to make sure that they actually like the toy before I actually dump all this money in it. It's like a red box for toys with an option to purchase. Well, so that's what it is, is so then, well, no, then there, you have a used toy that, you know, is cleaned and sterilized every day and stuff like that. But then you go through, you grab that specific toy and then they can rent it for like, you know, $5 an hour or something like that. And the kid can play with it in a play area. Yeah. 
part of the joy of buying a toy is opening it. Well, no, hold no, on. No, no, he's saying you can open well, it. So, so what I'm saying is, you, you, so then you, you get... You can't put it back in the box, though. Well, no, 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 no. no, no, no That's what I'm saying. So you play with the toy. You play with the toy, and then if the kid likes it, if the kid likes it, then you buy the actual toy, and the kid can take it home and open it up and play with it again. Mm-hmm. But it's just to see, like, because how many times have, you know... A kid goes, I want that, I want that, and they get it home, they open it up, they play with it for two seconds, and they get bored with it. Uh, Gigi Pets, uh, they pooped, you fed them for a day, and then you wish you didn't spend that much when they were popular for 34 bucks. Right, exactly. That so this would have been would one have I would have like brought, yeah, yeah. brought right back. I right. Been like, so the, the, this is that thing where you the kid can play with it for a little bit and see if it's something that they really do like or if it's just like, no, I didn't really think it – this seemed cooler on TV than it actually is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Look at the brains on Jimmy, that's a yeah, good idea. Yeah. I, I just see I, the capital. Yeah, that's true. Uh you remember Children's Palace? Oh god, yeah. Okay, that was a good toy store. Yep. So um I don't know if this is a hundred percent true before we play your game. That's but fine. there's there's a guy in business that was saying what Toys R Us did wrong. Uh, and if this is true, this is so ridiculous that they, they executed themselves that they didn't believe in web. No. They thought they thought it was like so they merged with Amazon. Yep. And Amazon used Toys R Us, but what people found is that you could buy then they got people used to buying on Amazon yep. at cheaper rates yep. and then slit their own throat yep. because they didn't believe in web. Yep. That is crazy. Yep. Yeah. That guy should be executed. Yeah. Like firing squad. That CFO, man. Holy <laughs> shit. All right, let's play this game, All Jimmy. Right. What are the rules? So here are the rules. I am going to read you a uh, a quote or a passage or something. Uh, I'm going to read it, and then you are going to either hold up a red chip or a black chip. Red chips for Irish. Red chips for Irish. Black chips for literature. You got so this it's for a either yes. it's either uh, going to be a a quote like an uh, Irish quote about drinking, or it's going to be a passage from some. Uh, book, novel, or whatever that talks about drinking. You're going to try to guess which one it is, okay? What are we playing up to? How many rounds? Because uh, that changes gonna, my strategy. We're just going to play until we've read them all, and then all whoever right. has the most points wins. All right, I'm keeping okay. score over here. Oh, you're, you're going to keep score? Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, so the first one, beer's intellectual. What a shame so many idiots drink it. Rochelle, ladies first. You think it's Irish? Okay, so literature. Oh, right. I get to vote too. Yeah. Um, you want to say Irish? That is from literature. It is from Ray Bradbury's The October Country. That sounds like every drunk at every bar <laughs> rambling down at like, All right. like League. The most important things to do in the world are to get something to eat, something to drink, and somebody to love you. That's an Irish toast. Oops. Jesus. That is correct. That is an Irish toast. All right. 2-1 Rochelle. <clears throat> the best beer is where priests go to drink. For a quart of ale is a dish for a king. You stop it. No, I'm trying to distract <laughs> you. Is it working? Breaking stuff. That is correct. That is from uh, A Winter's Tale, The Winter's Tale by William Shakespeare. Wow. All right. All right. Three to two, Rochelle. May the saddest day of your future be no worse than the happiest day of your past. Yep. That is an Irish one. All right. 
What's uh, drinking? A mere pause from thinking. That's correct. That is also from literature. Dang. It's from Lord Byron's The Deformed Transformed. Five to four, Rochelle. All right. Give an Irishman lager for a month and he's a dead man. An Irishman's stomach is lined with copper and corrodes the beer and the beer corrodes it. But whiskey polishes the copper and is the saving of him. Sometimes too much to drink is barely enough. Yep. It's Mark Twain. I mean, it, it, that one's a dead giveaway, being Irish and, and, and telling you there's no way we could remember that. Yeah, all right. Here's to hell. May the stay there be as much fun as the way there. Yep, that is Irish. All right. All right. So since Rochelle's not got one wrong yet, <laughs> she's up seven to six. All right. Beautiful young people are acts of nature, but beautiful old people are works of art. That's correct. That is. Oh, wait. That is no. That oh, is no actually one. Irish. Oh, that is actually Irish. I'm still yeah. beating you. Damn, that yep. was my go ahead. Uh, I would give all my fame for a pot of ale and safety. Yep, that is uh, from Henry the Fifth. I drink to the general joy of the whole table. That is Macbeth. Oh, God bless it. <laughs> all right, so nine nine to. Eight. Uh, nine to seven. Nine to seven. Here's to all my friends and lovers. May all your ups and downs be under the covers. That is Irish. That is correct. Ten uh, to eight. Here's to a long life and a merry one, a quick death and an easy one, a pretty girl and an honest one, a cold point pint and another one. That is Irish. That is correct. I don't know why I think she's cheating. She's winning. <laughs> but I think she's eating eleven to eight, Rochelle. Drink because you are happy, but never because you are miserable. Rochelle's correct. That is from Heretics. God bless G.K. Chesterton. Take away my Irish card. <laughs> 12, 12 to 8. Here's to you and yours and to mine and ours. And if mine and ours ever come across you and yours, I hope you yeah, I'm not even going to finish that. That is Irish. All right. 13-9. 13-9. I like to see the glass as half full, hopefully of Jack Daniels. That is correct. That is a literature. Uh, from first grave on the right. 14 to 10. <laughs> Be wary of strong drink. It can make you shoot at the tax collector and miss. That is also uh, literature from uh, Time Enough for Love. 15 right. to 10 to Rochelle. Always remember to forget the things that made you sad, but never forget to remember the things that made you glad. That is Irish. That is correct. All right. So what are we at? 16 to 11. 16 to 11. Rochelle wins. Congratulations. Dang it, dude. I, I don't know how it got so bad. I did, 11, there, 10, 11, yeah. Yeah, there were there were a couple of them that I specifically chose because they sounded like drinking Irish drinking. Uh, oh, no, they, they were tough. Yeah. That was a good thing. I, yeah. I, I, I went in with a strategy of how many Irishmen would actually remember that in the toast. The, the famous one <laughs> that I always do is that maybe we all arrive in heaven a half hour before the devil knows we're dead. Yeah. Um, so you kind of use that and, you know, the the Irish eyes are smiling. May the, you know, the road meet you. All, all those. And then you had some difficult ones in there. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of Shakespeare ones. Yeah. A lot of Shakespeare thought, ones. That, yeah. That, those will catch Congratulations. you. <laughs> Congratulations. Enjoy, enjoy, your, enjoy your beer. All right. Cody did horrible though. Cody, I mean, it just did not get one right. Bad. Dude. I mean, not just one looking, right. Looking at him down there. At I least know, I didn't it's finish terrible. third. 
<laughs> freaking freaking athlete representing Russia over there, yeah. Cody Stamen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll finish. We only got a few more minutes, but um, so we do talk a little bit of pop culture here and there. Um, Jimmy is our resident uh, Marvel fan. So I finally saw Thor Ragnarok, which Ooh. I hadn't seen yet. And I finally saw Justice League. All right. Um, I will let you start with Justice League, and then I'll okay. start with Thor because I'm a DC guy and you're a Marvel guy. So you start with Justice League. Okay. What uh, What do you want to know? What do you think of it? What do you I actually it? really liked it. Uh, I I really liked it. I thought Jason Not as bad Mo- as people thought. No. And I think Jason Momoa and uh, Isra Miller, who played uh, Aquaman and The Flash, respectively, really made that movie. You had good comic relief and just a sense of, like, fun and, like, hey, you know, I'm really excited to be doing this kind of thing from The Flash. And you had Aquaman, which is, I mean, the dude's a badass. It's Jason Momoa. You can't not be Jason Momoa and be a badass in anything you do. But, I mean, mean, he really, like, like, so the the Aquaman – like back in the day, it was he was kind of a joke. But then the new Fifty Two came out, and they revamped o- Aquaman, Orange Aquaman, right? Orange they, and green. They they revamped Aquaman. He was the king of Atlantis. He was a fighter. You know, he did all that kind of stuff like that. And they really like did that with him. And you got to see like Aquaman kicking some really big ass, and that was really good. Um, very cool scene when he's talking to Bruce and he's getting in the water. He's half in the water. And yeah, he turns to Bruce and swims yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, well, that that was pretty cool. Then also, like uh, at the end when they're fighting the parademons, and he like flies through the air and he's falling. Then Cyborg grabs him and he's like, "Ride's not over yet." He's like, "My man," <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like launches him, and it's just like I really like that. And 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 here's why I really liked it. Because that was a Zack Snyder movie. And Zack Snyder knows how to do ensemble pieces. No, you're you're talking Josh Whedon. No, but Zack Snyder knows okay. how to do ensemble pieces. Josh Whedon does as well. But Zack Snyder does know how to do ensemble pieces. He's not as good with the the single, you know, and that's why Man of Steel was meh. Batman v Superman was a little bit better, and then Justice League was much better because you went from one guy to a few people to a lot of people. So I I really think Zack Snyder did a really good job with this. See, free, I really liked Man of Steel. Free, free the yeah. No, I'm not saying it wasn't free the Zack Snyder. Cut. Great. Yeah, I, I don't think it was bad, but it wasn't great. It could have been so much better. Right. So much better. They 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 just I don't know. I just I didn't like. The Man of Steel, I thought it could have been much better. I thought it got a little bit better with Batman v Superman and so much better with Justice League. So overall rating? Overall rating, I'd say A A minus. A minus. Wow. That's really high. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, So I'm not a Marvel guy and I'm definitely not a Thor guy either. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this. That I did not sit down and watch Thor, but I came in and out as it was on. I can't even pronounce the the R word. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It's um. It's a that thing Norse was a mythology. comedy and really funny. Yeah. Uh, made me laugh. Yeah. Oh, um, it had some great moments in it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, one one of one of my favorite, but a pure out comedy. Everything's yeah. funny. Well, know? not everything was funny, but there was a lot of comedy in yeah. it. 
yeah. a lot of comedy. There, but here's a thing that I don't think a lot of people noticed. They completely changed something in the MCU with that movie that was not spoke of before. Well, it was spoke of before, but it was different. In every other movie that came before this, Thor always referred to Asgard as Guardians and them as not gods, but just people of higher scientific understanding. But in Thor Ragnarok, they actually changed them where they are gods. Thor is the god of thunder. Loki is the god of mischief. Hela is the god goddess of death. They actually became gods. And that's and that changes the landscape of the MCU. And I think the reason that they did that is because of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Because Thanos is this big bad who is almost uh, godlike, but I don't know what they're going to do with the the Infinity Wars movie and what his motivation is going to be. But in the comics, the reason that Thanos wants the Infinity Gauntlet and wants to destroy half the universe is because he is in love with death, the goddess of death. Not Hela, the goddess of death, but the actual goddess of death throughout all the known universe. And he actually wants to be with her. And the only way that he can do that is by destroying half of the universe so that she will come to him. Right. That is the only way that he can be with her is when he destroys something and she comes to him. So that's his motivation in the comics, whether that's the motivation in the movies, I don't know. But I think they, they kind of had to go, if we're going to put a guy like Thanos up against these people, then you got to have some kind of like, God that can go toe to toe with them, which would which would be Thor, you know. And I kind of like that they did an homage to now that Odin is dead, Thor's the new king of Asgard, and he has the eye patch just like Odin. He asked anyone where they want to go. No one decided. He picked Earth. Yep. Uh, So now it's a race to see if Trump gets this wall in place (laughs) before they get there because God knows he doesn't want more immigrants. They'd they'd go to Norway. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, know, it it gives them more uh, political, you know, we we don't want. People coming in, we got to build these walls and domes and stuff yeah, like that. Keep people out. Yeah, you, you're um, not going to stop. Jeff Goldblum was not, awesome in it. Yeah, First he off, was. what isn't he good in? Even there there was a nine-month uh, movie with Hugh, Hugh Grant yeah. about pregnancy. God, that is so weird. That is like the seventh ghost that I've like. Well, it's not. Up. It's every time they open the door, it, uh, the pressure opens the door. Uh-huh. Getting all science on us. Um, uh, so that movie was okay, but Jeff Goldblum had like a really supporting role. Anything he's in is classic. Um, well, he was the gay man. And what they did was they actually took – Big part. Yeah, big part. And they actually took the the comic Planet Hulk and they made it as a subplot to Thor Ragnarok. Because a Hulk movie can't stand alone by itself. Well, they, they've they, learned that. I honestly think that if they had did a Planet Hulk, it could have worked. Okay. Because the, the, a lot of a lot of what uh, the, the comedy came from the Planet Hulk scenes. You know what I'm saying? I think they could have gotten away with it. They just didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. Um. So this is uh, you're our Marvel uh, that is, expert. Th- that is, one. That one got an A plus from me. This is the end of the road, though. The, the these movies come out and then they they're gonna reboot because no. a lot of the actors are new. Leaving. Well, no. New. I, okay. So new, 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 new. I, I am a huge serious radio fan. Yeah. Um. Black Panther, huge success. Yes. 
that they're going to kind of run Black Panther and then they're going to possibly run a couple other characters. But because the the rest of the universe is kind of collapsing, it's it's going to be kind of like the Spider-Man reboot kind of nope. thing. No, nope. it, because this is what they're going to do. This is we're in phase three right now. All right. We're at the end of phase three. Phase four is all new Avengers. Mm-hmm. And those uh so right now they've introduced the new set of Avengers. Once Cap and Thor and Iron Man and Hawkeye and Black Widow are gone, you have your new Avengers, who are now also part of the Avengers, but now you have their movies, solo movies, and they'll be part of their own team movies, which they're a part of now, but then it will be without Cap and Thor and all that stuff. So you have Spider-Man, you have the Wasp, you have Ant-Man, you have Black Panther, you have Vision, you have Scarlet Witch. Those are your new Avengers. And they're going to have separate movies, uh, like solo movies. So uh, we've had one Ant-Man, we've had one Black Panther, we've had one Spider-Man. Right, and technically, kind of an Ant Man sequel with the Wasp. Well, so so now, so now we have the next Ant Man sequel coming up. So there'll be another Spider Man. There'll be another Black Panther. Then we'll have th- another th- one of each one of those, and they're going to be part of ensemble movies just as well. Uh, that'll be like the new Avengers, and that's how they do it with the comics too. And they're not going to reboot whatever, but like somebody else will take over the mantle of Iron Man. Somebody will take over the mantle of Captain America, probably Bucky, because that's what they did in the comics. You know, that kid, uh, that kid that you saw in Iron Man three, he might become the new Iron Man. I mean, it's just what they do. Confessions. I've never seen Iron Man three. It's okay. I'm saying it's just what they do, and that's probably what they're going to do with the MCU. They have a lot of new characters that they're introducing. They're doing a lot of their own solo movies, but then they're going to bring them together as the uh, as the main Avengers and use some of the ancillary characters that take up the mantle of some of the other characters and and do them. Plus, you still have Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah, I couldn't think of the other one that they were running Black Panther. They said Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Running, yes, couldn't, you couldn't be. You can't be hotter than that franchise right, right now. Right, exactly. So you <clears throat> and you have so many spinoffs from that can happen from Guardians of the Galaxy too. You know, I've not seen Black Panther yet. It's on I the haven't list, yet. I need to I see kinda, it. Yeah. See, but I don't believe like the characters like Vision and Scarlet Witch. I don't believe that they could. Like survive a standalone movie? No, they will not be part of the standalone movie. They're just going to be a part of the Avengers when the other Avengers come together. I'm just waiting for my Black Widow movie. I don't think it's going to happen. It better. I really don't. She's awesome. I, 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 she is. But I, I, at this point in time, I don't think it's going to happen. If they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. Scarlett Johansson is getting a little too up there to do. I could see. I could see. That uh, is age I could discrimination. See, it is. No, no, no. It is because she's just Richard as old Gere. as like Captain America. Look at Robert Downey Jr. Right, but but they're retiring. That's what I'm saying. They're all getting a little, and that's why they're going yeah, but to. See, we haven't gotten her real, like her complete backstory yet. Right. I could see. I could see a Black Widow Prequel movie. Well, I could spy. see a Black Widow movie yeah. that takes place after the events of. Uh, standalone movie that takes place after the events of Infinity War, but also does flashbacks to how this all came about. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, totally not DC or Marvel related. Here's a guy I'm going to say that doesn't get his due. Todd McFarlane, whether he's uh, designing toys, whether he's owning the Edmonton Oilers, uh, he's redoing Spawn, which I yeah. think Spawn, because I watched it uh, again online, for obviously some technical CGI stuff, yeah. With the cape and everything, that holds up pretty good. For not if you ever read the comics, okay. But I'm saying, well, first off, he 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 invented Spawn, so like he can do whatever he wants. I mean, it might not hold up to his comics, but he did it. No, I mean the 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 acting. Oh, okay. It was just it was so bad. I think it holds up. Yeah, no, I disagree. I had a Spawn action figure that was bad. Oh, I did too. Say, it I was love Spawn. Huge. I never seen it, bad. but I remember because that was the time I was. And that's why I was so disappointed at the movie, right? I love Spawn. Um, but he the started like all the good action yeah. figures anyway. Yeah. Oh, Todd McFarlane's like pure genius. Yeah. Like the the McFarlane toys that he made for mm-hmm. like anything, whether it be movie maniacs, whatever he did. Yeah, he set the standard was, high. Yeah. yeah, like those toys look so realistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we'll be back next week with uh, Cody. Will be in next week too. Congratulations, Feel better. Feel better. congratulations, yep. Rochelle, on your big win. <laughs> we gotta give Jimmy his checkers back. Remember, I finished second though. Yep. Cody did horrible yeah. down yep. there. Dead last. Um, and we'll be back next week. And uh, we're moving closer to our fifth anniversary. Yeah, we are. Holy shit. Five, Five years, years doing the show. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody said I've been writing for Fight News, I think, two already. God, time flies. Oh, yeah, at least. Shit. Jeez, oh, Pete's. So we'll be back next week. Right. Um, and then maybe we'll maybe we'll be able to um, – uh, I, I, I got to fit Black Panther in. It's probably got to be this week. I, I want to see it in a theater. And, and and try to experience it yeah. as well as I can. I do too. I just don't have time. Are you surprised about how much money it made? I mean, no. it passed the Dark Knight. Yeah, I know. I'm not surprised. It's. I mean, Black Panther is one of the better comics. Mm. So, which is weird because the the it took so long. Right. Yeah. You know. All right. We'll be back next week. Take care. <laughs>